When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, guys. We're back again. Budge here from the Beautiful Game podcast. And we're here collaborating with Eurosport to bring you news of transfer rumours on a daily basis. We are getting ever closer to that deadline day. And so, of course, we're here yet again to bring you the latest transfer gossip of today. And kicking things off for us today is Dot. So let us know which piece of transfer gossip has raised your antennas. I would say um, Jesse Lingard. Um, this is a player that, you know, six days ago we reported saying that Man United feel that he still has a pivotal role to play this season. But obviously, later on in the week, he was omitted from the squad. And what we reported was that if Jesse Lingard is to leave Man United, he has to go to the manager and to the board and say, you know what, I want a new start. And I'm starting to feel maybe that's happened. The latest information that we had this morning was that Jesse Lingard's in talks with a move to West Ham. And for me, this still makes sense because West Ham is a club that's underneath the top six bracket. But if they get things right, they can push for the top six this season. And I think to go to West Ham, play in London, play with players like Declan Rice, Antonio, players that are on very good form this season, I think that he can supplement that attack and be a threat at West Ham. And as I said previously, this is a player that on his day, he's capable of scoring 10 goals and 10 assists in a season. So for me, if you get Jesse Lingard focused, fit, firing, playing with confidence, this is going to be a great deal for West Ham. Yeah, I think the word, the key word you use there is supplement. I think that's a perfect way to describe it because he's not going to come in, at least not straight away, and start every game. But if they're chasing games, which they might be, or they were looking for a late winner if teams start sitting deeper, having Lingard to come off the bench is such a useful player. He can unlock teams with like a little pass or maybe a shot from 20, 25 yards out. And you're right, like he's he's going to be a player who, when he's playing well, can score those sort of little goals that you need, really. As to what United said about how he's got a pivotal role to play, I have no idea what that means. Like what? What is that role like? Just keeping Marcus <laughs> Rashford company and like making sure he's happy. Like, <laughs> I guess that's an important. I guess that's an important role for United at the moment. But honestly, like, I've, I've, I'm really upset with United the way they dealt with this. Like Lingard's a player who came through their academy. He loved playing for the club, and I think they treated him so badly. And again, like maybe he hasn't pushed for a move, but I just feel like they turned down moves for him in the past. And I know the thing with Nice broke down. I think West Brom were interested when they first came back up, and I just think like you, like a player like him. He deserves to be playing. And if you're going to keep him and use him in like a really sparse role, 
I can sort of understand that. It's something that Sir Alex Ferguson was brilliant at. Like he had these squad players who were happy to come in and play when they were needed. But they're not even they're barely using him in cup games or European stuff. Like I just think they've let, I think they've let him down. And I think he will show how good he is and how good he can be when he moves. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I certainly agree and think that it would be a good move for him to to move to West Ham. I think ultimately my question is and has been the same regarding Jesse Lingard for some time now. And that is just how hungry is he? You know, is he content and happy just being uh, part of a squad uh, playing here and there as and when? Or does, is he is he hungry to prove himself at the, at the top level, play week in, week out? And ultimately, that's the decision that lays in, in front of him. You know, does he continue to stay at uh, United, earning very, very good wages, uh, but be a bit part player? Or does he move on and nail down, you know, a first team place wherever he, he moves on to? And ultimately that, that question only he can answer. So it'd be interesting to see if he does buy into, um, uh, you know, what has been reported in terms of him being a, a pivotal member of the squad still and, and there being a role for him at United, or if that lies away from Old Trafford. Pete, let us know what's uh, caught your eye this morning. Yeah, I'm going on the continent again, as usual. Um, at the time of recording, Papu Gomez has left Atalanta, he's left Bergamo. He's flying over to Sevilla to take his medical. It sounds like the deal for him to move to Sevilla is going to be completed later today. The fee, according to everyone's favourite transfer guru, Fabrizio Romano, is about eight and a half million euros. Um, I know Gomez is 32, but that's still an unbelievable steal. Um, come to Atalanta in a little bit. I just want to talk about Sevilla. Um, Monchi is continue to do Monchi things like it's absolutely remarkable <laughs> that he just continues to pick up these players that other other teams aren't looking for I mean go, again Gomez is going to sign reportedly a three and a half year deal if you're only paying it eight and a half million euros that's like what two two and a half million euros a year and like for a player of his quality he's only gonna he's not going to get any worse as he gets older like his legs are already going you saw the way they continue to use Eva Benega there like I just don't. I still don't think Severo Monchi get enough credit. I know it didn't work from a Roma, but it's so good what he does. Like he's the best in the business at picking up these little players here and there, and just making things tick. Severo aren't necessarily out of the title race either. Like they've got a game in hand over. I think Real. They've got a game. So I think they've got a game over them. They've got a game over Real. But even then, like if they put on a really good run of form between now and the end of the season, Gomez playing behind Yusuf on the series, like it's just unbelievable. Um, one of my favourite pieces of lockdown content, the first time we were in lockdown, which I encourage everyone to go and watch, was Sevilla, reached, Sevilla released a 12 or 13 part documentary on their YouTube channel with Monchi basically talking about the process of how he goes through signing players. And he's so good at explaining their thought process and how he works with the managers and with his team. And you look at the chaos at certain clubs across Europe and you just think like, if everyone took on what Sevilla are trying to do, like a lot of what he says is pretty basic and pretty understandable. It's not a complex system, but I think it's important for someone like him that he's able to put aside his ego and work with the people around them. And I think that's what appeals to these players when they're coming to Sevilla, they know that they're going to get a chance. And I said this before we came on to recording, but I think now their Champions League tie against Borussia Dortmund is going to be probably one of the best ties to watch in the whole of the uh, knockout stages in the first round. Yeah, I don't understand this transfer. When I watch Atalanta, for me, he's their best player by a mile. I recall the game against Liverpool um, this season in the Champions League at Anfield where it was nil-nil, it was a tight game, and he just turned the game on his head and Atalanta scored two goals just like that. And this player, for me, is a magician. So I don't understand 
why he's leaving Atalanta in January as their best player to go to Sevilla. And they're going to be able to push, as um, Pete said, further in the Champions League with a signing like that, because for me, it's quality. I don't understand that. I mean, obviously yeah. he fell out with Gasparini and sometimes, well, you, don't, you, yeah. obviously, you, don't know what's, you don't know what's happening. I can't wait for Gomez yeah. to tell all when he retires or even after he's left. But if I'm Gasparini, I know you've got your pride and I know you can't be seen to be giving in to players. But Gomez is one of those players that you have to just do whatever you can to repair the relationship. Footballs, you saw it with some of the reports coming out about Frank Lampard. They didn't have great report, great rapport with some of the players. It's all about building relationships as a football manager as well as the tactical side. And you've got to be able to bring a player like that in. Because I think with the way that the two Milan sides are resurging this year, Atalanta are in danger of missing out on the Champions League. And two, years, two, or, th- two or three years ago, we're going to say, oh, well, that doesn't matter for them. That's still great if they finish sixth. But they've yeah. they've changed the expectations now. Gasparini yeah. has changed yeah. the expectations. Overachieving. Mm. And now he's and now he's going to put himself backwards. I don't think he'd be sacked if they missed out on top four. But all of a sudden, you haven't got the Champions League money. You have to be even more clever in the transfer market. I and mean, there's a little bit of pressure on you going into next season. It's just, I as Dot said, it's just a no. It's, there's no way you can understand why they're yeah. doing this. Yeah. You know what? 100% Pete. I've got, I've got to say, uh, as you mentioned there, in, in terms of Monchi and Sevilla, is an absolute masterstroke. You know, Papu Gomez is the archetypal Argentinian centre forward, um, right? Short, diminutive, stocky, uh, bags of uh, pace, creative skillful he's everything that that you you could ask for and 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 at the price that's being quoted for him it is an absolute no-brainer and you just think you put him in that team to play um alongside and and not instead of uh Yusuf and and Nesri who's obviously their their top goal scorer you you can just see him playing just off him and 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 them building a really really good uh, and formidable partnership and I think on the part of Atalanta as you guys mentioned it doesn't make much sense. He's, you know, their, their best player. Letting him leave uh, in January is is absolute suicide. And you think they've over they've been overachieving uh, last season and even now at the moment, and they've got a really good opportunity to finish in the Champions League places. And so, letting a player go of his skill and his talent and his ability is obviously going to really really harm those chances. I, I recall there there first being rumours of uh, this, uh, of a bit of a bust up with with him and Gasparini. I think it was around September of last year, and when the rumours started that he could potentially be leaving, he actually took to Instagram and and said to like all his fans, "Look, um, this is going on. I'll tell all when when I finally do leave." And I think that obviously you know made people stand to attention. So it is going to be really interesting to see what he does say when he finally does. Uh, sort of lift the lid on on goings on behind the scenes, but also um, Timothy Castag, uh, Castang. So when he left and he went to Leicester, he also sp- spoke about the fact that um, he had some issues with with the manager, and they didn't see eye to eye as well. And it feels like there is a, an ongoing theme uh, in, now with with bust ups between players and managers, and them not seeing eye to eye, and 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 players moving on. Um, and I wonder if it could potentially be the beginning of the end. You know, we've seen how much of an impact that Castagne has had on, on Leicester since arriving uh, at that club. And, 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 you know, now with Gomez leaving, is it going to be a, a mass exodus? Cool. So to round things off, uh, Damari Gray of Leicester City is courting interest from Palace. Uh, but also abroad with uh, Monaco and Benfica, who are reportedly interested. So his 
current contract at Leicester is set to expire in the summer. And so as a result of that, he could be available for a cut price fee of just two million pounds, right? He's only played 18, million, uh, 18 minutes, sorry, of league actions uh, so far this season. And of course, at 24 years of age, he still has so much football left to play, so much uh, game time still to get under his belt before he starts to sort of uh, peak. Um, whilst being at Leicester, he's made 133 appearances, but um, most of them have come uh, from the bench. So 60% of his appearances, about 80, 80 of them have, have come from the bench. And I think ultimately, Damari Gray has been just a victim of being part of really, really strong sides, right? He was part of that uh, Claudio Ranieri uh, Leicester side that won the Premier League. Um, and obviously at the moment, under Brendan Rodgers, they're sitting third in, in the Premier League table and have played some brilliant football um, so far this season. And I think it's, it's difficult because at Leicester, you've got Harvey Barnes, who's, who's nailed on in that sort of wide left position. And then you've got on the right-hand side, Iosi Perez, who was brought in at the, uh, the start of last season from Newcastle. Um, you've got Mark Albrighton and Cengiz Under as well who are all competing for that other position. And I know that he's been uh, reportedly linked with Palace, but I kind of feel like that move doesn't really make much sense. And I'd rather him move abroad because I think at Palace, he'd have um, a competition out wide in, in the form of Andros Townsend on the, on the right, who starts primarily um, uh, for them out there. And then on the left, you've got Jeffrey Schlupp or Barry Eze who play out there. And I just think now could be a perfect opportunity for him to follow the uh, blueprint of a Jaden Sancho to go abroad. If there are clubs like Monaco uh, and Benfica who are interested in, in, interested in you abroad, why not go and, and, and try your hand in a different league, in a different setting, uh, build up some experience elsewhere, and then you could potentially come back to the Premier League later on in your career because you know, you're still fairly young. And so I guess I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what your thoughts on on this move were, and 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 where do you feel that Damari Gray should look to move to? I think this is an interesting one because when you look at Damari Gray, you see a lot of talent, but he doesn't know how to apply his talent on a consistent basis, and I think that's the frustration his managers have had with him because one day you see him and he's, you know, performing to a high level, and the next game you see him and he's having a bad game. So I think with Damari Gray, he needs to go somewhere where he can play consistently. And Borge, I disagree with you. I think Palace is actually the perfect fit for a player like Damari Gray. Palace have the profile that fits him as a player. Fast, trickery, mm -hmm. wants to beat his defender 1v1. And we've all seen that wonderful left foot that he has when he cuts in and he bends them into the top corner. So I think if you do get Damari Gray into Palace, it makes sense because eventually I think Andros Townsend is going to be moved on in the next 12 to 16 months. There was even reports or sources that I heard in the summer that Andros Townsend is allowed to leave the club, but no one actually came in with a concrete bid. So I think eventually mm. he will move on. And that leaves that right spot pretty open to someone that can come in and nail it down. And I think if Damari Gray does go to Palace, you're getting in for cheap. And I don't think there's that much risk with this deal because if it goes wrong, I think mm. he will maintain his value. So I think Damari Gray to Palace makes total sense. I think I agree. I No one wants English players to go abroad more than I do. But I, if the two clubs are interested in Monaco and Benfica, 
I can't see him starting necessarily regularly at either. They've both got a lot of good wide players. And I think he'll end up being in a similar situation to Leicester where he just gets frustrated with his game time. I agree with Dot. I think you can see a situation where Gray comes in, doesn't start immediately, but then they look at how he's performing off the bench compared to Townsend and think, yeah, maybe it's time to make the switch, begin to ease Townsend out a little bit. It's a shame because I think I think you guys are right. I think he could have like a, not quite the same effect as Jaden Sancho, but I think he could go abroad at the right club and really shine because I think his sort of combination of skill and pace is something that a lot of clubs are always looking for. But if those are the two clubs interested, I just I just see a situation, especially with Benfica, if he just he would just sit on the bench or go out on loan somewhere else. And I think from Benfica, from the two uh, clubs who are interested from a broad perspective, I think it's perfect, it makes perfect sense because they know that either they'll develop him in-house or get another club to do it for them. They'll probably double, triple, maybe even more, get the money back in terms of when they sell him because English players are such a premium. But for Graham, for what he wants to do, he's never going to get into the Euro squad, but maybe he can start looking to an outside shot of the World Cup next year. I think going to Palace and playing regularly is just what he needs because then in the future, if a Spurs or a Everton come in for him, he'll be placed to know that he's ready to start. At this mm-hmm. stage, he just needs game time. I'm Similar with Lingard, I don't really know what's going on there because... I really like Graham. I think he's a really good player. I don't. I mean, it seems as if he's probably had a fallen out of Rodgers in some regard. But I think he's definitely someone who, if I was less, I'd want to keep around, especially when they're playing European, more European football over the next two or three years, just for the rotation purposes. I think he gives them so much. And I think they've got to be wary of losing Jamie Vardy and Mark Albright in, in quick succession and not having a plan for that. And I think Gray could have been an answer there. I think that's it for for today. We're going to wrap it uh, up and leave it there. Uh, Once again, reminding you, it's the Beautiful Game podcast and Eurosport collaboration, bringing you transfer news and gossip on a daily basis. And we'll be back tomorrow with some more transfer news and gossip for all of you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 